0: Okay, So, v'siyata d'shmei, we're going to jump back into our limud of Rabbi Nachman's sicha saran. This is the third part already in sicha saran lamud beis, where we had two parts already, and tonight we're going to finish off this very lengthy sicha anemuna v'siyata So, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen so we can all see what's going on, and beis r'ashem, let's share this Torah together. Okay. So the Hillegid Tzaddik says like this. We did this part inside last time, but I just want to reiterate and review it so that we can understand what the piece and the Kutam that we're going to be learning is going off of. So let's begin with this, with this section that, co- that comes toward the end of And the Tzaddik says, He says that there are averis, that there are sins, transgressions, they not only in and of themselves, obviously, are things that we should strive to stay away from, but they themselves are machnas kfiris ba'adam. They themselves can cause a person to a little bit be shaken away from emuna. Chazal tell us, Averigar, it's, it's a lifestyle. And like we always say in the Shirem, it's not that a Baruch Hu can't handle the idea or the thought of a person doing a certain action. Right? It doesn't really matter to a Baruch Hu and the, the, you know, on the ultimate level, Chazal say this in Midrashim, the Sefer about this. But at the root of an Avera, like we learned recently from the Me'am Shiloh, what's the root of all Averas, and that that, and that, that is something that HaKadosh Baruch HaChoshes from, so to speak, is the ego that sits at the essence of this, that a person chose to go after his own Ratzin and to go after the Ratzin Hashem, and chose to satisfy his or her own physical Taivas, whatever that may be, other than reining that in for the purpose of living a more elevated life and letting HaKadosh Baruch Hu in, so to speak, where the kutsker famously said that's where God is found, wherever we let Him in. So that's, so to speak, what's bothersome about this whole concept of chait is that it's not the individual action, but it's a general lifestyle. It's always deeper than the thing that we see on the surface. What's underneath the surface of a chait? What's underneath the surface of a chait? like we always say, is the word chait, which means to deviate, means to step off. It means to say that for that moment, we're not as focused on HaKadosh Baruch Hu as we should be. So there are Aveiras that are machnis kfiris ba'adam, that bring a person further into this lifestyle of obscuring HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence and the importance of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will in our lives and cause us to focus a little bit more on our own selfish and egotistical desires rather than devoting our lives to serving the ultimate mission for which we came to this world, like we talked about in the Tasha Rebashir, uh, in, in the inner dimension, Parashas Barashas, that the world is bara, that the world is a bar, it's void. And Adam is yatsar, or yatsaras adam, miloshin positive yitzira, that this is what we're here to do, is to reveal HaKadosh Baruch Hu's ar, and to reveal the kav, to reveal that Kav Hamid, to that line of godliness that a Qurish Baruch was sent down into the Halal, into that vacant space, and to allow that to become revealed in our consciousness and our mind and our relationships and our choices and our in our in our activities and our behavior. So Yeshavir she Kfir Spa Adam. There's another subset of people. Again, this is just reviewing what we had learned last time. There are those that come to this kind of struggle and come to this difficulty recognizing the presence of a Kaddosh Baruch Hu because of a certain lack of holiness with which they were brought into the world. And not only were they not born in the perfect way of Kedusha, which has an impact like the Balatanya, like we spoke about the Balatanya teaches in Parak Beis, but there are those that added further on in terms of their own in terms of their own negative action. Like we said, There are activities, there are sins, there are transgressions, that are mazik. That damage, and blemish the person's clarity in terms of being able to stay focused on what what is life about, what is this mission that we were sent here to accomplish. Well, as Bush, Valev Nizbar says, Rebbe what's the tikkun? And we're going to learn about this very deeply in the and the piece on the on the bottom that we're going to learn. But the ticken for this is a is a is busha, is shame, valev Nishbar, and a broken heart because a person who has these thoughts like we spoke about last time at the end of the shir when a person has humility and a person begins to think a little bit beyond these things that we're so certain of and we start to ask ourselves where does this certainty come from? What do we really know? What do we really know about life? What do we really know about other people? What do we really know about the universe? How little we know? How little we know about how little we know? And it begins with humility, so then that leads to a laiv nijbar. A person should be full of shame. Because again, even on the basic level, like we learned about, that pegamim and amuna blemishes in this realm of being able to recognize a Baruch whose presence, oftentimes come from a lack of holiness at our essence, so to speak. Not on the essence of the soul, but on the essence of the goof. The physical body, which is the contribution of the parents, right? And so if there isn't Kedusha in that element, obviously the Neshama comes from a Kedush baruch, Neshama sat to be tawari. We're not talking about the soul. But on the level of the Lavush, on the level of the body, and on the level of Machshava, Dibor, and Maisa, which are, according to the Baal and the of Shakhaim, all the tzaddikim, the Kedusha Slavi, Marinaim, all the Tzadikim, Machshava, Dibor, and Maisa, are levushim for nefesh, ruach, and neshama. Nefesh is ma'isa, ruach is dibur, and neshama is machshava. And so these elements are focused in the body. And if a person has challenges in machshava, dibur, and ma'isa, the gedusha what does that tell a person? That must mean that there's something rooted in the body that's that's not so pure, that's not perfectly pure. And that alone should give a person pause and reason to really focus and reason to say to oneself. Maybe I have a lot of work to do. Maybe this isn't so indicative of such a positive uh, element in terms of my body that there's something missing, that there's something missing that I don't have. Or it's indicative of the fact that our own actions have led us to such a numbness, to such a lack of being able to perceive something that should be clear. That have caused a person to think thoughts that are negative, that are empty, that are against, so to speak, our holy faith. And the passage says that the glory, that the presence of Hashem fills the whole world. The in which we're all familiar with, the whole world is filled with the presence of God. And a person has thoughts to think that the world is just happenstance and that life doesn't have meaning, and that things aren't to be taken seriously in life and that every thought and that every speech and every, every word and, and every action, we should pause before these behaviors and think to ourselves, is this being is this connected to the mission? And instead we just, we go through life. And that's reason for a thinking person to stop and to pause and to feel a little bit ashamed of that. To feel a little bit broken that we have these thoughts that seek to push us away, that seek to uproot us from the living God, who is the life of all life, who is uplifted and who is blessed. And we don't even have to go ahead. We don't even have to try to be marikh and explain what kind of Busha. What kind of shame a person should feel? <laughs> when a person, sort of, you know, sometimes we get put in our place by others, sometimes we could put ourselves in, in our own place. That's what this is all about. You take an hour, you take a half hour, you take 20 minutes, you take time off and you sit a little bit and you reflect. Like, who do I think I am? What is this whole thing about? I couldn't create myself. Like I mentioned to somebody recently, if it were given over to us, to run our bodies, forget about our, our lives but the world, but to run our physiological functions, digestion, the pulmonary system, the heart pumping blood throughout the body, our mental processes and all the different functionalities of memory and emotions and so, just to run that for a split second, it, it would be not just like it would, be, it would be impossible, it would be, impossible is not the word, our body in and of itself that we take for granted, how many of us thought about the functionality of our body today, even though how many times do we say Asher Yatzar in the last week? How many times do we actually think about like, this is a pill of pili ploys. Even on our worst day, even the most sedentary, you know, person just sitting and not doing anything, it's a pili ploys, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. So we sit for some time and we're misboning on this and we think about this deeply and we put ourselves in our own place. And we open our eyes up to the miracle, to the wonder of life and to the import of living, how important life is, how meaningful life is. Mamish, Every minute, every second. And we think to ourselves, I had that are pushing me away from Amuna. We don't necessarily mean it doesn't mean that a person is becoming an apicarious. It doesn't mean this, but it means that I live a majority or a bulk of my life outside of this consciousness. How could it be? There are things that I'm more conscious of than God. I am more frequently aware of my need to eat than HaKadosh Baruch need to become revealed in the world through me, right? All of these ideas, and this is what it's spoke this is for, should lead to a busha. Through this, that a person feels this busha and this brokenheartedness, this can bring a person back to the straight and narrow. This can bring a person back into connection with the purity of youth that we speak about before the world got to us. And before we began, like we mentioned last time, or I think in the, in the parashah here, before we, we began to, to be patient, like we spoke about. Why is it the children are so impatient? So we mentioned because they come from a realm, but as life goes on, we get used to this world. And we realize, okay, there's a thing called patience. There's a thing called the goof. There's a thing called walking and standing and, and, and eating and sleeping. And, and we get used to this. And Muna brings us back to that innocence, to that purity, that simplicity, where it's pashit and we're not a chakrit and we're not a sophisticated adult. There's no child philosophers. Children can be very, very talented. We don't find child philosophers. Philosophy is something that's removed from them because they're, they're pashtunim. Because children are, 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 are filled with the spirit of tamimas and pshitas. And we're trying to get back to that. We're trying to get back to that princess, right? That we lose baderech, that a malik, who's the, the cool, rational philosopher, comes to cool us off. And means that I'm a child again. means that I'm, I'm logical again. I can think like, a, like, a, like, a, like, a, like an adult, like a logical person without having so many veils in the way preventing me from seeing life as it really is, people as they really are. To get back to a place before my eyes became clouded, with all sorts of technicalities of what it means to live in this world and certain assumptions that we make about relationships and what's possible and what's not possible rooted in this worldliness and the guv. Busha Shivran lev can bring us back to that place where anything's possible, if it's holy, where Mashiach is not only a possibility, but he's coming already, he's here now. If we can open our eyes to it, Where the world is a miraculous, wondrous place. And that's what a Shah is for. And this, of course, brings to the deepest joy, as we're going to learn in a moment. But it brings us back to that clear way of looking at the world. That to the world is bizarre, but is the most sensible, logical, yashar way of living life. In a way that's without airs, in a way that's without facades, in a way that just is real. This is what we're about, and Yiddishkeit is not something that we do, but it's, it's, it permeates every cell of our bodies from the minute that we wake up to the minute we go to sleep. It's just who we are. Every conversation that we have, no matter what the conversation is about, is about God, is about Yiddishkeit, right? This is a consciousness. Bushalayb Nizbar brings us back to this clarity. So before going further, I want to jump into this teaching from Lukutimran. that's so deep. It's not so long. It's a little bit. It's a little bit more compact. And the reason for this is because it comes from the Chaverim. It's called Lashon Chaverim. These are Torahs that were recorded by the Chassidim, by the breast of the Chassidim, before Reb Noson got there. And so they're not written super clearly. They're not. They're, they're a little bit more concise and a little bit more um, cryptic, I think, because of the way that they were written. But ultimately, Urbinassan records them and he says, i recorded them, even though some of them are very difficult because there's gems. Ma'am gems here. So listen to this Torah from Arbeinu. It's so deep and it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. The Passocantilim says, Zivchay kim Ruach A carbon Baruch who Zevach Elokim is a Ruach is a broken heart. A person has a broken heart, it's a little bit of Mizbeach. Uh, it's a little bit. Returning to HaKadosh Baruch in the deepest way through the void of a carbon which comes Milashin Lekarev, right? To come close to HaKadosh Baruch, Ruach Nishbar. It doesn't get better than that. Kariv Hashem, Linish. Kariv is a carbon. Karav Hashem, Linishbere That's also another uh, expression of this pasig, which is a carbon, Karev, Ruach Nishbar, Hiniyadu'ah <laughs> says, the ki Oila ba al Halev. Chazal tell us that the reason that we bring carbon Oila is specifically not on the maisa of the chayt, but on the thought of the chayt. That's the Oila. Oila is an Indian of machshava because machshava takes place in the highest part of who we are, in our brain, right? Above which it's just air, it's not me anymore, right? So thinking takes place in my Oila, in my aliyah, in the attic so to speak, of my physiological makeup and structure. And so the carbon Oila relates to that element that takes place at the Rosh of me, at that place of the Oila, the thoughts of one's heart, the thoughts of one's mind. Kamoa Shikasa the passage says, in Yeches, HaOila Aruchachem. HaOila Aruchachem, as a question, meaning to say, has it, has it arisen in your minds? Meaning, is this what you were thinking? So we see that Oila could be connected to the Nakuda of of thought, and this is a Medrash that says that this is why we bring the carbon her hainu. That's why the oila comes into the world. <speaking> in <Hebrew> on the thoughts of a person's mind. <speaking in Hebrew> Where we have the Ruach of a person in the lave of a person is the Ruach. <speaking in Hebrew> and this is why the, 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 the heart oxygenizes all the blood that throws to, flows through the body. We, we, we take in a deep breath. And that enables the heart to ox- oxygenize the blood and then sends oxygen to the whole body. That's the inyan of ruach. And ruach is the mishkan of the ruach is in the lev. And there are thoughts of the mind. There are also thoughts of the heart. Of course, it takes place in the mind, but it manifests in the passions of the heart. And this is this al pasach, which is talking about thought. That's the inyan of ruach, which is the machshavus of the lev. And it's connected to the concept of the carbon oila. Ha al ruachachem. But we know that Chazal tells us that a Kaddish Baruch is not Mitztarev, Machshava Ra'a, Lemaisa, Machshava Toiva, he is. But if a person has a negative thought and plans to do something, a Kaddish Baruch does not consider that as if the person did that action. Bar me hu huri akum. Except. For herhure akum, the thoughts of non jews Kiviachl, and this is what the Gemara tells us about the spiritual source of the nations of the world that aren't rooted in Kedusha per se. Ultimately they also have a Tikkun. and this is why over Sukkus we're bringing karbanah, dafka for the for the for, you know for the nations of the world. And and so on and so forth, but they're not naturally rooted in Kedusha at all. At all. The Klipas They're not rooted in Kedusha. And so the thoughts of a non Jew are more essential to their makeup, spiritually and physically, than they are to that of a Jew. And therefore, Akhiraj Baruch Hu will consider it as if. They went ahead and actually acted it out because ultimately that's really what they wanted to do. But by a yid, we have this unbelievable level of understanding that a Jew is rooted in exalted, exalted levels of kedushas. Unbelievable, unbelievable. The level of holiness that a yid is rooted in, and therefore machshava ra to a yid when a Jew has a thought or plans to do something negative, Akodas Baruch is not mitzrayfut la'maisa because that wasn't really what he wanted. And it's not as if necessarily, if you know the uh, the uh, the, 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 you know, all of the right mo- elements were in place, for sure he would have done it. Because it's not true. Because you didn't have that baskal of shuvu banam shayvavim echoing within our hearts all the time. And who knows, last minute we would have been pulled back to the tzad ha that's echoing within us. Masha'en came the non-Jew. That's what the literal level of the Gemara and Kedushin means. It says, Rebbe Nachman, deeper. He says the Akum Shay Adam doesn't just mean the thoughts of non-Jews, a thought that a non-Jew has, but each and every one of us inside have a little bit Hir-hur-akum. We also sometimes can have thought processes that are ultimately affected and caused by this that were in Gullus by the nations of the world, Shibud Malchias. But we have that element of Hir-hur-akum. He gives an example. He says, a person tries to Davin, and at the beginning of, da- of Davin, he is with fire, and he's focusing, and he's concentrating, or a person spends some time alone, and he's trying to speak to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and he's trying to think about the purpose of life. And in the middle of tefillah, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, All of a sudden, he just falls down, and the clarity that he had, and the open channel that he was experiencing to converse with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is gone. This is an element also of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is metzaraful is my now, what does this mean that a Qurash Brok is mitzaref, these Mahsabis Lamais? In what sense? Obviously not in the same sense as the literal understanding that the Maqshabis of non-Jews are considered as if they carried out those desires. Sur so ibin clarifies. Ki kol ha kol he says, Where does this come from? That we have a nafilah, any kind of nafilah at all, which we naturally associate with doing things wrong, right? Or Acting in a way of taiva as opposed to a way of intellect and as opposed to a way of maturity as opposed to a way of humanity But letting that base animal tendency take over and compel us into Acting in ways or re- reacting in ways or emoting in ways or speaking in ways and so on and so forth that don't align with the upper part of who we are But ultimately it doesn't necessarily have to mean that It doesn't have to be mean an action it could also mean a way of thinking. It could mean a, a, a lifestyle. Those things that were machshiv, Those things that we value. Any nafila, ba machmas kilkal emuna. it's rooted in a kilkal emuna. It means to say that our emuna, that our not even faith, but our recognition of a Baruch Hu is 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 not so strong. Uhushina amuna, and when that happens. And we, so to speak, turn our face from a Qurish Baruch. Nimsa machir punavishemizbarh, what's happening? It means that I turn my face away from a Baruch Hu. It doesn't mean that anything necessarily happened objectively in terms of a Qurish Baruch Hu being more revealed or less revealed because that's totally on us. And so that means if I'm having a trouble and a moon and a struggle, it's not because God isn't there, it's because I turned my back on him. Now that itself can be caused by actions that we take, like we learned, averus machnisim k'firis ba'adam, giving into taivas even when we do understand that it's not the right thing to do objectively, and that there is a God who's watching. But that can have a shpah, that can have an impact, and when, on whatever level, on whatever, on whatever, you know, on whatever plane, it means that I'm, I'm turning my back on Hakadosh Baruch And when that happens, he says, or Kamoshikasa the pasuk Yeshayo says, achar," we turned away. We turned backwards. We turned our back on Hashem. And of course, this doesn't mean physically we turned away. But it means that our whole life is lived. We're looking down. We're looking at Artius. We're focused on our physicality as opposed to our soul. We're focused on the physicality of the world as opposed to the soul of the world, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And of course, those two things are correlated. And the more that we're focusing on our Gashmias, the more the world's Gashmias seems more real to us. And the more that we're focusing on our al mal, and the more that we're working day in day out, no matter what we're doing, even if it's not overtly spiritual, even if it's just achila and shasia and shena, sleeping, eating, drinking, but we do it, and we engage in all of those behaviors with 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 our chiluk mal in in mind, nemeila. That's going to sensitize us to the spirituality of the world as well. So these two things are related. We don't just have to have a muna in Hakadosh Baruch but we have to have emunah in ourselves. What does that mean in ourselves? In the chilek of a Baruch Hu that we contain. Because these two things are related. And the more emunah that a person has that there's an HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world, Kibiyach, the more emunah we have to be able to realize that physicality is a facade and that beyond that physicality is a spiritual realm where HaKadosh Baruch Hu is shining the more we're able to look at our bodies and say, hey, it's a joke. This is not who I really am. No, this is just a cle, This is just a vessel for the spirituality that I have inside of me. This is very, very deep. These two things are connected very deeply. I'm writing about this now. I'm writing a Sefer of Ziyat Rishmaya on Torah Vav, on the sixth lesson of L'Quit Maran, on a on this. It, it goes much deeper than this as well, but this is at least one chelig and one level of that. So a kilkul of Amuna means that I turn my back on Hashem. It means that I'm living life with my head facing downward. Like we learn, like Rabbi Nachman says, and I bring it in the book in a footnote, Rabbi Nachman says, did you look up at the sky today? What does that mean, did you look up at the sky today? Not simply that a person should lift up his head physically and look at the sky. It, of course it means that. But it means, are we living in a way of, of Himmel? Are we living in a way, like the Pasuk says, Lift your eyes on high. mi To be able to live with the consciousness of the Creator. What is life about? but instead we get caught up in this world. And the more that that happens, it means the less I'm looking up at the sky. The less I'm focused on the me, ele, on the singular creator that binds all the disparity of this world together, that means the less that it's That means that the more that I'm, I'm facing downward, the more that I'm turning away from in my thoughts, in my speech, and my actions. Guess what happens next, says the Rebbe. The result of that is going to be further concealment. Not because a Baruch Hu is angry and not because it's a punishment, but because this is the Teva of the way that a Baruch Hu set up the world, that the Kruvim, which are used to, or, or, or which are ordinarily facing one another, when they're bound up in the deepest love, when one turns away, the other one turns away. And it's not simply because it's a reaction on the part of Kruv number two, you know, to the, to, to the action of Kruv number one. It's mamish like there's something mechanical about it. Anytime you turn one of them, the other one turns around. That's the way that the world is arranged. That's the way that the world has, 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 has been built and is set up. And so the more that we are turning away, so to speak, from this reality of there being a HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the world, the more that Akradish Baruch Hu is master himself, the more that he hides himself like the Kruvim, and that's what the Kruvim represent. Basham is can master pun of me, So Akharish Baruch Hu will also hide himself a little bit more with Midas Adin. Of course, for the purpose of giving us space to further find him and to be margish. Hey, I'm so distant. But at the end of the day, Rebbe Nachman, uh, Nachman says, "However, we're going to understand this: Nimsa Hu Achar Ba'Achar." What emerges is that we have a matziv, a situation of back to back, not face to face. Achar Ba'Achar, the kruvim turned away from each other. Vitzarich says Rebbe Nachman, "This is why we need to bring an oyla, in oyla on this here her akum." That's la Maisa, which means to say that as an impact in our lives even though it's just a hear her, but it's a hear her Akum, and it comes from a, 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 a realm that's rooted in Tummah, which means a realm that's rooted in a lack of perception of a Kodesh Baruch and a realm that, 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 that's ego-focused, and that's focused on the physical and not on the spiritual. And when that happens, it's Mitzayr of that has an impact on our lives. What did we say we need to do to be Misakin for these hirhurim? An Eulah. We have to bring an Eulah. What's an Eulah? says Rabbi Nachman so deep this is such a deep tire we're learning now it's very very deep I could spend the next two hours probably talking about this we have more to do but it just this is very very deep it needs a lot of yeshavadas the godless of Rabbeinu HaKadosh there's no one like him there's no one who came close such a level of gilui ashreinu one billion times we don't know what we have we don't know what we have what a privilege and thank you for learning it with me Says the Rebbe, You know what it is to bring a carbon oil in 2021? Means shivron lev. Again, this is very connected to the Sikha that we're learning. We talked about Pagam and Muna. How do you fix it? Shivron lev and busha. Says the Rebbe, that's the oil that we're bringing. When a person breaks his heart within himself. Who misbaish, and he's embarrassed. and he thinks to himself, Eich how did I fall then a How could I be in a circumstance where I'm rooted in an element of shamayim? Su'u mi bara This is our chilek. This is what Am Yisrael is in the world to do. to be able to be an orla goyim. To be the one nation rooted in the clarity of the innocence, of the tamimus, of the pshittus, of heavenly chale, Of being able to perceive the ruchnius of the world and then communicate that to others and our thoughts and our words and our actions. To look down and to have my whole life focused on Dvarim Gashmiim, on artsyim, that my conversation should be about this worldliness who cares? What a waste! What a wa- We're not talking halachically as a person allowed to talk about as a person not allowed to talk about this worldly things and get into conversations about this and that and the other thing and spend all of our time chatting about this worldliness. But who has time for this? yid is rooted in the nekud of shamayim. Conversations need to be focused ultimately on that. Now, of course, we live pragmatic lives. We're in this world. But ultimately, our primary focus, like the Baal Shem wanted to teach us in Keser Shem Tov to all of the generations until Mashiach is coming. And this is our task to give this over to our students, to our, to our children, to our friends. The Baal Shem said, I want that my chasidim, that my students, and all of our that wherever they look, they should see God first, and then the thing that they're looking at. A person looks at a chair, he says, a shtik And then he sees a chair, right? And that means that wherever a person looks, what's registering is the immun of Shemayim. Because that's our chilek. That's where we come from. That's the shirish nishmas, Yisrael is rooted in the bays of, bishvi, of bireishas, bishvil. Yisrael shenikureishas. We are the ratios. We're rooted in that place of ratios, in the bishvil, in the why, not the what, how, where, when. Leave that to the 70 nations of the world. All the details, all the inventions, all the scientific discoveries, nations of the world. Not to say that there's anything wrong with engaging in any, in any of these activities. Certainly not if a person's able to find Baruch Hu in that Matoyvah Manoim. But Yisrael's unique chilek is the why. And never, ever, 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 ever to lose touch with that on any level to get caught up in this world, to forget why we're here. We're only here for a short period of time, not to lose sight of that. So he's asking himself, and we're asking ourselves, I was rooted in such a lofty place. And kazeh can also be a a remez to the nevu of Moshe Rabbeinu, Aspaklariyad Nahara, Aspaklariyad Mi'ira that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to point with his finger, and this was his difference in, in Nevua than all of the other Prophets, so that Moshe was nesnavah b'zeh, he was able to say this, zeh, ze, and, and the rest were b'koy, it was a little bit more vague. How could it be that I fell from the Indian of Kasna's with an Aleph, the garments of light, to be able to reveal that a Akadosh Baruch who is the one that created this world, and that he encloses himself within the world, not to conceal himself, but to reveal himself, and instead of doing that, I fell down into a place of koi and far, far below that. And I'm living a life that's out of touch with this. And that I get caught up in this worldliness and conversations and, and, and thoughts and worries and digas about this world. And therefore I turn my back on HaKadosh Baruch and one crew turns around, the other crew turns around. Nimsa, we're, we're back to back. um al this is such a deep line. And he has Rahmanas on himself. Can there be more Rahmanas? Anamalach which each of us are inside higher than the angel. The angels are jealous of us. The angels have to wait until we say Kaddish, Kadesh, Kaddish Lamatas that they can say Kaddish Lamala. And we get caught up in the same thing that the rest of the world is caught up in. In the same culture, again, not even talking like you know, not even not even on that level but just to realize who we are. We're different. We're mamish different. And we get caught up in this and to see our children and our teenagers getting caught up and like, you know, mamish, like, if it wasn't for the mitzvahs that they slept themselves through, you wouldn't know the difference. And we want to shake them. And of course we have to do so gently, but to let them know, do you know how precious you are? Do you know how exalted you are? The mission for which you were sent down to this world, the glorious chain of heaven that you're connected to, that spans creation from beginning of time to the end of time, that the whole entire world is all about us and for us. Tav Rachmanus. And this is an important line also, because so many times when we fall into Matzabim like this, rahmanas is the last thing we have for ourselves. And we're beating ourselves up and we're, you know, you're we're, we're a failure and, and, and you'll never amount to anything, you can never do it. Rabin Nachman introduces and suggests a whole different response. It's To Rachmanus. And to say, I'm not a failure. For a, st- for a second I stepped off of the path that I still deeply yearn to take and to follow. That's the Indian of Chait. And to have Rachmanus on himself. That's what a person should feel when a person's in a matzav like this. Shivron lev, brokenness, not atzvos, not depression. Shivron lev, and to then have rachmanus. How great I am. Deep, deep, deep inside. Ha neshama shenasa bi, It's still pure to have rachmanus on that. And to say, I want nothing more than to fulfill the potential for which you sent me down into this world. But in order to do this, in order to go ahead and to find some way to turn back face-to-face, because before we're back-to-back, the union you know, of the Kruvim, the only way to, to become turned around and to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu again face-to-face, with this needs a cutting, a cutting. Where do we find the concept of a cutting? I show you the Gemara tells us that Adam according to one opinion, that Adam and Chava were actually created back to back, attached, with two faces on either side. And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu went through the process of cutting and sawing them apart, and then to rebuild them as two separate individuals, where they could then turn around and face one another again. V'Anesira Hu B'chinas Chatach, Shem Chatach, Chaf taf. Ches taf, Chaf. Rather, it's a very holy name. It's the name of Parnasa. This nasira and, and it means to cut. Chituch means a cut. Chaticha, it's a piece of. So this holy name Chatach is the element of this Nesir of this sawing apart of Adam and Chava, and Chava, of course, is Malchus Knesses Yisrael, and Adam is a Kadosh Baruch is the Adam El Adam Yosheva Kisei. And Kama Yishakasa, the Pasik says Es yodecha. You open up your hand. must be and the Sof Teves of Poseach Es Yadecha is this holy name. Soif Teves Chatach. We need to utilize this element to become sawed apart from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and not to exist in a place of back-to-back but to turn around face-to-face. How do we do this? Do you know how to go ahead and to activate this holy element of being able to saw ourselves apart to then come face-to-face again with Hashem, the is. Shivron Lev. However, this is so deep. So deep. Ki when a person is in a matzav of Shivron Lev, bevadai ma'aneach o ruach o ruach. There's deep breathing that happens in that process. And a person's breathing heavily. Or a person's sighing, and a person needs to breathe in, and a person needs to breathe out. The whole Indian is in a kudav ruach. would train ruchim. And therefore, there, there's, a, there's an element of two times Ruach in this process of shivron lev because it involves a great deal of slow breathing, of contemplation, almost like a conscious sleep. When a person is sleeping from the rest of the world and a person goes, like Rabbi Nachman describes in, in L'Kutumran Nun Beis, when a person separates oneself from the rest of the world at, at, at a time of night, and a person goes ahead and connects himself with that element of just of just deep breathing, setting time aside to focus on what's really real in life. Train ruach. ruach, and two times the word ruach is gematria chatach, which means to cut. So, how do you go ahead and affect this nasira between Adam and Chava, between Am Yisrael and Kaddish Baruch Hu, when we're in a matzav of Achr, the Kruvim, facing away from one another? Shivron Lev. Because Shivron Lev involves two times Ruach, this deep breathing, this sighing, this krechzing, this process of deep contemplation that involves slow breathing in and out, two times Ruach, and two times Ruach is gematria, Chatach, which means to cut. And this is the element of how we're able to cut ourselves apart, so to speak, from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Ba el panim and to come back to see Hakadosh Baruch face to face. oila, and this is the nakud of an oila of the carbon oila that we're bringing. and this is pasuk. Do you want to know how to bring an oila, which comes to be machaper on those? Thoughts ha'olal which are related to the to the heruri to akum that amitzarf le'maisa to affect my life le'maisa that causes me to turn my back on a kaddish baruch and a kaddish baruch therefore in response to further conceal himself so that we're in a matzev of achar va'achar how do we do that Zivchelikim with a carbon is ruach is the broken heart. That's dafka ruach nishbara. Because two times ruach is gematria chatach. And that that's the shame that's able to cut apart Adam from Chava, who are created back to back. To then enable them to come face to face and to see each other for the first time. However, this is a phenomenally deep Torah. I just want to focus on one element of this. And one beautiful, beautiful thing that comes out of this. Sometimes when we're in a matzah of achar ba'achar. And we're a we're, we're not conscious of Akadosh Baruch Hu. we feel that Akadosh Baruch Hu in kind is concealing himself from us, or it's due to the concealment that we're distancing ourselves from a Baruch Hu. We naturally perceive this circumstance not only to be one of our turning away from Akadesh Baruch Hu and Akadosh Baruch Hu turning away from us, but that there's a phenomenal, phenomenal distance between us and a Baruch Hu at that time. In obviously not physical proximity. But in terms of our capacity to reach out and touch Him, right? In terms of our capacity to reconnect ourselves with Him, because we're in a matzav where we're looking in one direction, achar, and a kaddish is looking in another direction, kibiyakul achar, and we say to ourselves, there must be a merchak rav. There must be an enormous, enormous, enormous distance and gulf and, and, and a vast chasm between us and a kaddish baruchu as well. The most beautiful thing that comes out of this lesson, and there's a lot of beautiful things and practical things that come out of this lesson, is the realization that paradoxically, and this is counterintuitive and bizarre, but it's true, in the time that we're akhar ba we're actually closer in proximity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu than when we're panim Bapan. Unbelievable. Because even though we're in a matziv of akhar ba-achar, even though we're each facing in opposite directions and it seems that we're so distant from who we are deeply inside at our core, but this is a matziv of adam and chava, koidam and asira, where they're part and parcel of one another. It's like a thought of like a, like a couple, nobody should ever know from such a thing, a couple that gets into a spat and gets into an argument and they're not even holding where they could talk to one another. But sometimes, you know, they could sit on the couch and they can't even look at one another. But they're, but they're sitting back to back, right? They're sitting back to back. And they're, they're together in that experience. And in a certain way, they're further than ever before. But in a certain way, give out, they're closer than ever before. And in a certain way, this experience of Akhar ba-achar, then, after going through the Nasira of chatach, of two times ruach, of shivron lev, and ruach nishbara, that brings to a much deeper connection afterwards, if we made it through, and if we were able to heal these scars in a way that makes the skin tougher than before, it makes it much more difficult to open that skin up again because we healed that 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 void and we healed that split between us and a karishbarhu. And in a time of Acher BaAcher, we have to remember it could be, and it is true, that because of our mistaken perspective, we're, we're, we're not focused on Hashem. And it must be that HaKadosh Baruch Hashem Tzilcha, HaKadosh is our shadow. The two crew Him turns Himself in some way in the opposite direction as well. But we have to realize that at that very moment, and this is part of the tikkun, this is part and parcel of the shivron laiv that we feel then, that, that, that Ibn Akhman says here, brings us back to the realization and the reminder that I'm a We may be achar ba akhar, but I'm a part of him, and he's a part of me. And so there's no such thing as distance, there's no such thing as a chasm. It means for the moment, we, we're, not in, we're not in a place where we can look at one another, so to speak. And for the moment, because of whatever challenge I'm going through, it isn't clear to me that a Kaddosh Baruch Hu is in my life in a way of Gilui. But let that never obscure the essential connection that we have. Even stronger in a time of Akhar, ba Akhir, like Adam and Chava, who are part and parcel of the same body, but they can't see each other, then... When they are cut from one another and can then turn around and face each other as separate beings, but can then interact. This is a very, very deep Nikuda. And I think that this is what Ibn Achman means to tell us. This is part of the Mirachim al-Atsmoy. That we're not in a bira amikta in some deep pit down on the floor, and it's impossible to climb out. Mirachim al-Atsmoy to be able to have mercy on who it is that we really are deep down inside. The khilak mal hayisi makim gvoya that I'm deeply rooted and I belong in a very lofty place. I'm a chalik of Hashem and Hashem is a chalik of me. That brings to Shivron Leif. When we realize what I could be and how deeply I could be living this reality in a way of consciousness and a way of panim be panim, and yet I live in a way of akhar ba it's specifically the revelation that in a time of Acher, ba Acher were like Adam and Chava facing in opposite directions of a part and parcel of one another, part and parcel of a Kaddish Baruch and a Kaddish Baruch, part and parcel of me, that brings me to the state of Ruach Nishbara, two times Ruach, Gematria Chatach, Chituch, to be able to cut Navan to split us apart, Kibiachel, for the purpose of then turning us around, to be able to face each other in the deepest, deepest, deepest most loving manner. That's a very, very deep idea and a deep I think uh, remez that Rabbi Nachman is hinting to us a deep implication of this very glorious and little known teaching in the Kutumran Kuf Ches. So thank you so, so much for learning that with me. With the last couple of minutes let's finish the piece from Sih Hasran and sort of speed through the, the second two sources that are less deep. Uh, of course they're so deep but it's going to be easier to get through in the last uh, 10 minutes that we have together. So let's go back into the piece from Sikha Saran. We finished the first paragraph, which again is talking about the tikkun for a lack of emuna which is Busha and Shibunlay. We discussed that at length. And we saw the piece from Lakutamran that aligns with this and that demonstrates you know, how that process works. And if you hear that Tzadik continues and he says about MS and the truth is emuna, who inin chazak ma'ayid. It's such a strong thing, faith. The chayav in a person's life who lives with emuna chazakim are so powerful, is so strong. Ahyed emuna through emuna, Kikishi yesh When a person has faith and lives with faith. And not just on an intellectual level, but a deep, it's deeply rooted within him and it informs the way that he responds to circumstances, of course, we're all the work in progress, but to some degree, even if a person goes through terrible suffering, we should never know from such a thing, as he's able to give himself some comfort to enliven himself by saying, "He's is filled with mercy and he's running my life and he knows what he's doing. The and it's going to be good in the end. And all the struggles that I'm going through, they're, they're only for my best, and they're 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 for meaning, they're for purpose, not stam. The end is going to be good, whether it's in this lifetime, whether it's in the next lifetime. Everything's for a purpose. But a philosopher, Shein that doesn't believe in a personal God, maybe in a in the concept of a first cause, but, but, but in a personal God that's mashkiach and every single thing in the world, that everything in the world is, is, is for a purpose, is, is with reason. When all of a sudden he goes through something, He has no one to turn to. How is the atheist going to comfort himself? The world is absurd. It's just a world of absurdity. Things happen. There's no rhyme or reason. Where is the element of being able to encourage oneself? And to comfort himself, to console himself. And he says, a wise person will understand these things on his own. But Yavin me I will understand one thing from the next thing. It's impossible to explain these things so well in in the written word, but it has to be lived. But the main thing is that al There's a sheet in the Rishonim that holds that Kriyat is not a mitzvah in and of itself. A separate mitzvah because it's bound up with the mitzvah of munah And Emunah isn't a mitzvah. It's not counted as one of the mitzvahs because the whole Torah is Kriyashma. Because the whole Torah is a mitzvah. Also, it's, not, it's not a separate mitzvah in the minyan mitzvahs. I can't remember. Maybe it's for sadi I can't remember. One of the Rishonim holds this. Unbelievable. There's the whole Torah. This is the essence of Yiddishkeit is this consciousness. It's not about how many things you do right and how many things you might do wrong. It's far deeper than that. It's a consciousness that the Torah and mitzvahs are, are supposed to help us foster. Belishim Shem Chakir is Klal without any sophistication because that's already on, on the side of adult. And the whole thing of munas is, is to bring us back into the innocence, into the simplicity, into the straightforwardness, into the sensibleness of little children. In this way, a person will be strong in this world and the next world and will never stumble. ashray life fortunate is such a person. Famously, there was a social philosopher, a political philosopher, Karl Marx. I believe he was a Yid also. Karl Marx, the founder of Communism and the communistic worldview. And he famously said about religion, he called it the opium of the masses. Religion is the opium of the masses. What did he mean? He meant that he saw religion as simply a false, created construct, Rahman Islam, created by men for the purpose of numbing their pain, of giving them the ability to numb their pain, uh, much like opium. Obviously, it's probably much more beneficial to a person than actually ingesting any kind of drug or mood-altering substance. But ultimately, he denigrated it as being the opium of the masses. And the deepest thing is that a person who understands Akadosh Baruch Hu, and a person who understands what life is about and a person who looks around at the world and has the very childlike, simple-minded realization that this must have been created... And that the Torah is too vast and too deep to have been a human construct and things are too consistent across too great a period of time and that the Jewish nation is miraculous and so on and so forth. Whatever brings a person to this realization actually comes back to be moida to Karl Marx. It's a pellet. Because all of us would say the same thing. Religion is the opium of the masses. Because it was given to us by our Kodesh Baruch Hu for the purpose of enabling us to live a life of comfort, not because it's Shekhar and it's the opium of some negative way of numbing our pain because we're immature and we can't deal with it, but because the master of the world that designed life gave us an opium, gave us something that we can use to enable us to live life with grandeur and with such an elevated perspective on the things that we go through. It is the opium of the masses. Karl Marx, you're absolutely correct. But it's the opium that was gifted to us by the master of the world to enable us to overcome the challenges of this worldliness. And so the last few minutes we have left, let's just finish this piece. A person needs to also know Rabbi Nachman wants us to know that there are people who never, ever, ever, ever struggle in Amuna. They just don't. Ever met that stereotypical, you know, Israeli cab driver, never struggles in Amuna. Okay, might not keep the Torah mitzvahs, and okay, we have to Davin for all of our Jewish brethren to be connected with all ten fingers plugged in. But the Amuna Never, just never struggled with that. And you can talk about philosophy and this and all these chakiris and svikis. It just doesn't, does it doesn't does have an impact. The daita and it doesn't confuse him at all. That's like speaking about the drive for physical gratification in the way of intimacy. In front of a person that's just a saris, that doesn't have that capacity. So it's not going to arouse that which just isn't part of that being, right? It just doesn't speak to him at all. He just doesn't have the capacity for that kind of behavior. are certain It just doesn't go in because they're strong in their faith that nothing could shake it. And they realize that anything that comes to shake their faith is part and parcel of their faith. That a Baruch who made a world like this, so that we can have Bechira, and they're able to understand the place of doubt in the scheme of things, but they don't allow a Malik to cool them off at all, at all, not at all. Then in name, cloud just doesn't go in their ears. And it looks like we're going to be running out of time, so we'll probably just finish this piece in Sikh Hasaran, and I'll be sending out the uh, the. the Sheets, and so you can just look. It's, it's two easy pieces, pretty simple reads from the Karakemach and Purim. It's Kedai, really. If you have Kemach, to go through the whole piece, it's unbelievably brilliant and beautiful. And the Archel Sadikim Shara Simcha. So you can go through that on your own, where they speak about this you know, further this Indian of how life of Amunah is so strong and is so full of joy and is so full of strength and is so full of confidence and courage. But Rabbi Nachman over here finishes where he says of Ha Am. He says the doubts and all of the thoughts and the questions and the confusions of the Hamoin Am of people They themselves are incredibly are incredibly foolish and are fali and they're not real questions. Person goes with a deep, deep, deep question of emash, right? And really this thing that he's so confused about is actually contains an answer. Actually, contains the seeds to a deeper way of understanding things. But it appears to a, 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 like a question, and it gives an example. It took me a lot of time to really understand this. Or Tzvi Ari Rosenfeld helped me understand this a little bit in his recordings. But he says when you ask a little child, the child broke a window, and you ask him. Do you think, or why would we take the piece of glass of a second window and put it in the first window? Why would we do that if the bird will just fly through the second window? What are we going to gain? There's a broken window here, we have two panes of glass. And we ask the child, like, why would we do that? Why would we take the glass from one window and put it in the other window if a bird's just going to fly right in through the second window anyway? Now, when you ask a child this question, where you include the answer within the question, which means to say that that itself is the reason why we shouldn't do it, right? And you're asking him, why should we take the pane of glass out of window a and put it in window B if the birds just gonna fly through window A and that is not a question It's an answer. You're right because the bird's gonna fly through the pain anyway Probably shouldn't do it because it's not gonna make a difference But when you ask the child this question, it's bewildering to him The Eni Adam, Allah Hush of doesn't know Like, why should we do that? It's an excellent question. Why should we take out the pain and put it in the second if the bird is just going to fly through in. And it's not a kushya, it's a teretz. That's why we shouldn't do it. biter, right? But he spends time like it's some sort of riddle. It's not a riddle. It's straightforward. It's a kushya. This question... That why should we do this if the bird's gonna fly in? Who territs? Is the answer to why we're actually not going to go ahead and do this? In truth, that's why we're not going to take the glass out and put it in the second thing because it's going to cause nothing. It's not going to help us. The bird's gonna fly in regardless. But the child just doesn't understand the function of the question. Begins to think that there's some sort of deep esoteric riddle here and can't wrap his mind around it and wonders about this. Doesn't understand that you're actually stating something instead of asking a question And this is a very deep thing. We don't have time now to go into it. We're out of time. But just one is that the world views life as a big question mark. It's a big, big question mark. And they begin with certain assumptions now that there can't be a creator just because that's too bizarre and it's too removed from our experience and we don't believe in such things. So now we have all sorts of questions about the world. Why are things the way they are? Like, Why is the tevav of Esh to go up and the Tev of Mayim to go down? And, and we look at them and we're like, these are not questions, Bechlau. These are not questions, these are statements. The world is not a question mark. It's a statement that is very straightforward. But again, we lose the childlike innocence that enables us to approach life this way. And so we overthink everything. And the philosopher's whole thing is that he overthinks. But the Indian of Amuna is to go back to that purity of youth, to that clear-minded focus where we're not confused by the riddle that is the world because we're not taken by the assumption that it's a riddle. Because it's straightforward and we have clarity into what life is about and we don't let go of this for a minute. That's where Ibn Akhman uses this line. He says, We put the cushy, but the question contains the answer and the answer is in the question. This is exactly how it is with people. And they have all of these questions and all of these bewilderments like, What is this and where did this come? Science and design and who did this? But they don't ever come to the realization that it's not a question because There's a creator who's intelligent and designed it all and everything has a meaning and he gave us a Torah that contains the code and we should probably go ahead and spend time unraveling the code to then understand all of these things that we were struggling with and that is this function of this kind of lifestyle where we're just trying to be simple. And we're just trying to be yidden, and we're just trying to hold on to this element of anachnu maaminim, bene maaminim, alekeinu, v'alekei avesenu, like we spoke about in previous year, shir lam and I think the first year, Un- uh, unbelievably, he says here. And we should understand this well. To get this out of our minds. And to run away from this whole kind of lifestyle. Of overthinking. And of and of doubting. And of questioning. And of wondering. The opium. What a privilege. We were given this gift. And it's not an opium of sheker. It's an opium of emes. mamish, to enable us to live a life that's chayim chazakim. And in order to get to this and with this we'll finish. That has to be shivran lay. And there has to be this nekuda of chatach, shtepa and ruach, to take off time and to sigh over this, that we're so holy and we're so exalted and we have such a mission and we're in this world to do something so incredibly powerful and we get sucked into the limitations of this world and we believe in them and we trust them and we don't live on this level of just fire, just unbelievable confidence. How could we be? We have this incredible mission. We know what's right, so let's do it. Let's just do it. Each of us can do it. We have to do it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has no one else in the world but us, and He trusts us more than He trusted any generation. We live in a time of Hester, and a time of ba BaAchar, so we need this hour or this time, however much time it is, whenever it is of Shivron Lev and Busha, to then cut us apart, and to bring us face to face pawub upon him. I bless us, we should be zaycha, to live this life of emuna, to live a life that's chazak, to live a life that's innocent, to live a life that's pure, to live a life that's clear, not to get caught up in the sophisticated adult confusions that we so often settle into, but to fight for simplicity, to fight for our kaddish barakhu. We have a gift, chevra, we were given a gift. Yiddish Dezav, not a burden, it's not even an obligation that we have to do. It's an unbelievable gift, ashrenu, a thousand times we should be zaycha, to give this over. This real Jewish pride, not like Jewish pride. Yeah. Mom is Jewish pride, to understand what is a Jew and why we should be prideful about it. To be able to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu on the level of mi Hashem. We should be zecho to continue to foster this consciousness together. So thank you all for joining. I really do appreciate it. What a privilege. Like I always say, there's certain giluyim and chedushim. I don't really prepare for the Shiram. There's certain siyata de that comes down, and it's not me. It's, it's all because of this special, incredible Indian. Like it says by Yaakov, that all the shepherds gathered together, and together they pushed the rock off the, off the well, like the Degamach and Ephraim says. It's all of us together. So thank you for being a part of it. Mamesh Asherinu. Wishing you the best, best rest of the week, and we will see you Thursday evening, I hope, if I have the privilege of doing so. Okay, have a wonderful, wonderful night. Thank you, Chever, for joining. All the best. Chazak mats. Thank you, Chever.